Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are talking this week. Andy, what are we talking about this week? Um, brokenness. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you sleep. go. Sleep. That's what we're yeah, talking about. So, Catching up on sleep. Yeah, that's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what, what what can you add to the whole topic of brokenness? Anything? You got to get a microphone. That's a white thing there that you just move over. Add to the topic of brokenness? Yeah. Anything more that we're talking about? That most of us, all of us are broken. Yeah. All of us are broken, right? None of us escape it. And all of us are sleepy, apparently. Apparently. And I didn't tell you I was going to throw you those questions because I enjoy that. (laughs) That's just for me. Uh, Anyway, uh, David, I know you're listening to this. Uh, We had a conversation when you weren't here this week about, you know, who wants their clip played? You know, and you weren't here to go me. And so, you know, we're not playing yours. The... um, We'll continue on with the topic of brokenness, just adding to David's brokenness right there. It's my my part to play in that role. Now, we're, we're all broken. That was Jesus's mission, is what we talked a little bit about, right? Was to come and to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the brokenhearted, set the captives free, uh, release the prisoners from the darkness, you know, all those kinds of things, and lots of other great scripture, you know, talking about it. But there is so much scripture on the topic of brokenness. And, and every story... It's hard to go through a story in the Bible and not see brokenness in there somewhere, right? And God interceding. And so I'm going to, first clip I'm going to play, it's actually a a song. It's two minutes from a song. It's from uh, Cody Carnes, and Andy brought this to the radio show, man, a while back. And I just wasn't really paying attention to it until (laughs) recently. And it's just been on my playlist uh, probably a couple times a day with a few other songs that I listen to, and it's, just speaks volumes to me. But I want you to listen to the words in it. Um, it's kind of, it's got the chorus in there once, and it's got a couple of the, the verses. But I want you just to listen to the words about this topic of brokenness. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. Yeah, I see it now. I'm laying it down, and I know. Some needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again. 
I know that uh, was long, but there was so much of it. I, I just didn't want to cut certain parts of it out, you know. And as you listen to that, there's so much in it, you know, beginning at the start where he says, you know, I've been carrying this burden that I've not been meant to carry. It was never mine to carry. And, and that's, I know, sitting around the room looking at you guys, that's all of our stories, mm. right, that we carry it. And when we can give it to him, because our heart does need a surgeon, our soul does need a friend. You know, and through that that song, as he sings it, as he gives it over to the Father and, and runs into his arms, just the way he is, broken, beat, beaten, you know, all these things, he can feel the grace, the love, and he can get what his heart needs. Right? And, and that's really the answer to what we're talking about today. But as we talk through the rest, rest of this, we're going to talk about when God's met us on the road of brokenness, sometimes with clips, maybe sometimes without but man, this year for me, I think the reason this song has meant so much to me, I'm finally at 59. Yeah, age 59, I think starting to understand how every day I need to run to the Father. You know, and I have to stop and listen to it a couple times to remind myself that that's where I'm going to find that life from death, as he talks about in the song, that I'm going to find that hope for my soul that you know, regardless of what life's throwing at me or decisions that I make or other people make that impact me, you know, whether I know them or don't know them, they still impact me, right? That all that can kind of fade away when I'm in his arms and I'm in that grace. And so for me, it's just a very key thing. Andy, thank you for introducing me to the song, but it's, man, just so powerful. Well, it was, it was from the when I went up to the advanced camp in Ohio, and it spoke to me in the same way that it spoke to you, I think. The fact is is that brokenness that we talk about and the run to the father God was father. God was the one that was instrumental in my healing of my heart. A lot of that came from my, my identity and realizing he was available and close and available to me to, to heal those wounds. But it, it wasn't just that he did that and moved on the fact that, you know, I talk about it all the time about the orphan spirit, but when you have an orphan spirit, you don't continue to go back to the father. So I've, I've even myself this year been checking myself whenever something comes up that I would have normally went and tried to handle myself. I do. I run to the Father. I go and ask him. I, I bring him into the situation much quicker. Now, that doesn't mean I get it right all the time, but I find myself saying, okay, I've got a problem in my life here. Am I going to spend all my you know, mental capacity thinking about it, or am I going to run to the Father and, and get help from him? Mm-hmm. Now, you said before the show, one of the, the verses you liked in there was, uh, I was in your thoughts before my first breath. Right, exactly. That, that was the things that you pick up. But that is, that is, I mean, it talks about, you know, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. We, knew, we know that. We've heard scripture about it. But it's still hard to think about all this crap that I've went through in my life. God was there before all of that, you know, in my, I was in his thoughts and you know, sometimes it, we feel so disconnected from that idea that God, you know, he's got so much going on, he can't handle it. But it's crazy that that is, that is really what life is about, is finding God, that he's, he's available anytime that we need him. I, I, you had some very nice words there, but I did definitely hear where you said you were, like, way ahead of me in discovering this before I found it. You know, when like, did I say that? You said, well, you found it at the Ohio Boot Camp. You listened to the song. Oh, and, yeah, well, so it's like six, It's eight, not like I discovered it. Yeah, Somebody just kind of handed it to me, you I know? I see. I see how it is. Well, I'm, that's a shout-out to the Ohio guys. But, 
it is i mean we we played it at boot camp a few times after that and it and it just settles in your spirit to, of of the idea that you know what we really do a lot of times in our spiritual lives is if we mess up we run from the father yeah instead of two yeah and then he talks about it in the song yeah you come out of hiding yeah right so uh robbie you actually have a clip that you would like for us to play and you'd like to talk about that clip would you not <laughs> yeah well, I wish I could tell you the name of the movie, but it's a... I think it's called Two Phones. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the clip's called Two Phones oh, because okay. what happens is the husband discovers his wife has two phones, and, of course, the husband's worst nightmare is awaiting what he finds on those phones, and then you have the ultimate confrontation between him and his wife and, and some things as you listen to this confrontation um, is... You know, and and unfortunately, several of us sitting here have had this happen, um, including me twice. Um, that you feel like you've just been punched in the stomach, and so your immediate response is, "I've got to get, you know, I've got to protect myself. I've got to get even, you know, all these things." Um, and you'll hear him say, "You know, I am a hundred percent sure, right? This is not me making this ugly." And just let that roll around in your brain a little bit as you as you listen to this confrontation. What is it? Come play with us. I want to talk to mommy first. Baba can be weird sometimes. I'll go inside. Why? Because it's gonna rain. <laughs> you ready to go? What is it? You have two phones. Must have been a lot of work keeping track of two of those things. Yeah, it's exhausting. The guy, Max, from the shoot in Mexico? Yeah. That's too bad. Has he been here in this house? Of course, of course not. Because somebody wrote in my journal. He's not here. He's in New York. He has meetings. I don't get where Max has meetings. I'm sorry. So who wrote in my book? Um, I don't know. Uh, did Ella? Is that the biggest problem we have right now? Don't make it ugly. I'm 100% sure that I am not the one that made this ugly. Can't do this. If only you'd said that to Max. You know, it'd feel a lot better if you yelled and screamed like a normal person. No, thanks. You gotta go. What? Where? I don't know. I'm not here. Stay in the village. I'm not staying in the village. You go if you want to. No, you leave. Fine, I'll take Ella. You're not making the rules now. You broke the rules. There are no rules anymore. Yeah, and you can hear, you know, anybody that's been in that, hear so many different things that, that are going to sound all too familiar. What are we going to do with the kids? Uh, what's going to happen as a result? Um, and immediately you find yourself in a place you never dreamed you'd be uh, and broken and shattered and... What I found fascinating about the clip is as I listened to it, of course, I could immediately relate to the Kevin Ham character who's... Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you were close. I Just a bit outside. <laughs> <laughs> Six degrees of closeness. That's actually funny because my mother's maiden name is Bacon. So, uh, Kevin <laughs> Anyway... I knew it was some kind of pork, whatever. 
that, that his, his character, you know, I, I completely related to it the first time I listened to it, but then I thought, wow, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, due to my addiction to pornography, I was on the other side of that equation too one time with my wife and my current wife, Tammy, and, and um, you know, I had two previous marriages before this where I saw that exact thing, same thing happen, but in this marriage, I was the one um, that had a problem with pornography, and it was her that that was hit with the same thing. You know, I had to cut out due to some language, something that Kevin Bacon said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pork fodder, um, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, essentially, he took it against his own manhood. He referred to, you know, something that apparently that had gone on between the two of them. And, of course, unfortunately, you know, in my wife, it was the same, you know, am I not enough for you? It's, it's the same thing that Satan t- takes that dagger and then twists that thing. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's worse to be the betrayer than the betrayed. I'm just saying it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's worse to see the pain that you inflicted rather than take the pain that, that you got. Um, and, uh, it, that doesn't necessarily give you anything other than, okay, now how can God put this all together and, 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 and rather than dissolve, which is what Kevin Bacon is headed towards, how do we resolve? Mm-hmm. How, how do we come together and, and, and see what God has um, because there are kids involved, because there's life involved and all that, is that actually, you know, what God wants and, and how do you work through that? So you got that aspect of it, which is complicated. And I don't know how you do that without running to the father, but then you have this, and my favorite part of Isaiah 61 uh, yeah. is, is coming after, you know, he binds up a broken heart. He's set the captive free and he declares this is the year of Robbie's his favorite. Okay. That's my, <laughs> you knew this was coming. <laughs> this is the year. That's the that, NRV, the new Robbie version. Yeah. Well, you heard it in the song right there. Yeah. He falls into grace. Yeah, exactly. In other words, without the grace, like what I needed from Tammy, what I needed from Jesus, what I, what I need constantly, mm-hmm. right, is to actually found favor in spite of, you know, my brokenness that led to all the shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. One thing I would say, the enemy, the words he uses is, obviously you're not enough. At least that right. was my yeah. story in my first marriage that, you know, obviously you're not enough or this blank, blank, blank wouldn't have happened. Danny, you have a clip as well, and mm, <laughs> we're going to play it. And I, I'm gonna, we're going to play it. Your wife chose a great clip, so we're going to go ahead and play that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, say, you better do a shout-out. Oh, there, yeah, she did, yeah. A, she did a great job on the clip, so we'll just uh, go ahead and let you set it up, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I've been given much grief because it's a chick flick yeah. clip on a man's show. But, yeah, you know. that was from Rodney, though. Yeah, that was from Rodney or Wayne. Or it won't be the first, so. No, you're good. Or so, the last? No, it's not. So, the the clip is from Steel Magnolias, and it's the scene where 
Sally Fields' daughter has died, and they're at the funeral, and she just has a meltdown. And, you know, because life has thrown her a curveball, and ultimately you see her anger come out. And, you know, you can you can play the clip, and then we'll talk about it. This is a brown football. Oh, oh honey, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I can jog all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can't. She never could. God, I'm so mad, I don't know what to do. I want to know why. I want to know why Shelby's life is over. I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Will he ever know what she went through for him? Oh, God, I want to know why. Why? Lord, I wish I could understand. No. 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 It's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first. I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take this. I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard. Here. Hit this. Go ahead, Malin. Slopper. Are you crazy? Hedda. Are you high, Clary? Clary, have you lost your mind? We'll sell T-shirts saying I slapped Weezer Boudreaux. Hedda. Miss Clary, enough. Weezer, this is your chance to do something for your fellow man. Oh. Knock her lights out, Malin. Let go of me. Malin, you just missed a chance of a lifetime. Half a chickapin parish should give the eye teeth to take a whack of Weezer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, the irony of my wife finding this clip was uh, I was actually sitting there looking for a clip, and she says, I think I got a clip for you. And so she plays this, and I, I'd seen the movie. But the irony of it is, is that, you know, my wife is part of God stepping into my brokenness at, at once upon a time. And you know, after two failed marriages, I was living with my grandmother, and I can remember I had been out with, with with another girl, and the I remember what she said to me. She said, "You're a good man, but you're a cold man." And what I began to realize was I had closed my heart off to relationships, and it was the brokenness that that had caused that because I felt unloved, I felt rejected, and. I can remember praying to God that, Lord, if Mrs. Wright has gone by me, make me okay with that. But if she hadn't, you're going to have to make it so obvious that I'm not going to be able to miss it. And along came Michelle Scrimpture, because I've been beat up for calling her Michelle Marsh, and I didn't marry my cousin or anything like that, so I'm not making that mistake again. But, you know, ultimately, you know, the healing, and, you know, this year we'll have been married 20 years. And... She's been married twice before, and you could add all the other ones up, and you couldn't get, I don't think you could get 20 months at some point, you know. But the ultimate part of that is, you know, I am loved. And he has stepped into that and is still stepping into that. And so that's what makes that such, I mean, there's a hundred stories I could probably tell, but that's what came to mind. Thank you. Anger can play a big, big part, right? Yeah, it actually can distance you from God because you're just so angry you you, you can't even embrace Him or, or run towards Him. 
Yeah, in my situation with my, and I, I don't want to talk too much because I've been on, but uh, in my in my broken relationship, that was part of the the process was I had an anger period that actually drove people away from me at the time. And I didn't know what it really, I hadn't been through something like that before. And it was very difficult. And that anger did it, it, to me, it lengthened probably the recovery and restoration process and the healing process. But I think sometimes people in the counseling world would say that's a necessary step to go through is that anger period not to where it damages other people, which it did. That's really not the intent, but it, you got to process it somehow. And sometimes you don't always process it right. But anyway, it's just uh, that anger is definitely a part of it. But I don't. A part of me regrets that, but in some ways, I just feel like it was it had to happen. You know. Yeah, it is one of the steps. I can't remember all. I think there's five steps, yeah. right? There's disbelief, and then there's anger, and eventually there's acceptance. Right. And there's a few more in there. I can't remember. But, you know, we do have to go through all of those steps to get to that place. But we don't have to do it alone. Right. When we can when we can early on step into that place with God and help him navigate you through those, you still may have to go through them. Right. There was a lot about my story that I was hurt and angry about very much so. You know, and then eventually it came a place of acceptance and a place of healing and going from there. Rodney, do you want to uh, play your clip or do you want to talk about your story? What would you like to do first? Um, Let's go back to your story about driving on the road where it was one time driving on the road of misery Mm -hmm. and God brought it to a place of healing. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was at. I remember all those family drives beforehand and just thinking those are those are always times even if you got music playing you can't help but just start to think right that's what you were talking mm-hmm. about and i can remember all kinds of things going through my mind on different trips and then finally once i came to christ which unfortunately was not long enough ago that my trips completely changed mm-hmm. it was listening to Dr. J. Vernon McGee on the road and trying to get a real grip on, okay, this is who God really is and what he's really done for me and getting that understanding and turning my life into now where I want to go deeper. I want to know him more. I want to find out things. So whether I'm listening to the Christian car guy in Kingdom Pursuits or I'm listening to Masculine Journey podcast or something else, it's, it's always about what is this relationship I'm in, Lord, and where am I going? And that those trips now are a delight. I'm like, ooh, I get to go drive somewhere and be on the road and go do something, or you know, because I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be somehow, some way, you know, moving closer to Him in whatever I'm doing. And that those trips have become wonderful. And then when we're talking about Jesus Himself and His heart, you got this the God-man, Jesus Christ, and in his humanity. Think about right after the beheading of John the Baptist, he goes, he goes away to be secluded, and all these people come to him, and he felt compassion for them, and that turned into the feeding of the 5,000. And then later on, at the feeding of the 4,000, it was just a little bit different. He's like, oh, they've been with me for three days, and they have not eaten, and this and that, and he, you know, he felt compassion for him and moved to, do that, and that's where he's at. It's like, even though he was in a 
you can imagine, here I am. I've called John the Baptist. I knew him before the beginning of the time that he was going to be the one who announced me, and that's who he picked. And he knew he's going to be beheaded, and yet on the humanity side of him, he's just crushed by this, and he's going off to be alone. And yet as soon as he sees everybody, it's that compassionate side that comes out. I'm like, you get that repetitive pattern of Jesus. You've got all these other things, and he's like, these numbskulls that are running around him, he's like, how much longer am I going to put up with you? But yet he constantly has that compassion. You know, we talked about Peter in the first show, and it's just incredible to see how he has to work in Peter's life to get in there. Like, you're my rock, and the next thing you know is Satan, get behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, he denies him, and then he comes into, oh, do you love me? There's So it's like every, on every side of us going through something where, you know, it's a Satan, get behind me. You're also part of his rock, you know. Just to just to kind of make sure that you always remember that it doesn't really matter how bad how things get because God can lift you out of anything. And it's just that's what I love about the stories of the Bible and just kind of get that repetitive pattern of okay, there. What other ways can He come and save me? You know, it's just He just keeps repeating, "I can save you this way or that way or in this situation or that situation." It doesn't matter. I'm there. I've got you covered. Thank you. I'm going to um, actually switch gears a little bit here. And uh, I'm going to switch a word brokenness for a word wound. So when you're at boot camp and, the, and we do the, the wound talk and you go out for your quiet time with God, um, one universal thing in working through that wound is you got to enter into a very painful part. Um, you got to you got to be willing to go there with God to step back into that playground when kids teased you or the time that you're being abused by whoever, verbally, physically, sexually, whatever that is, to, to step back into that place of vulnerability with God so that you can move through that pain and into the place of healing and into the place of restoration. And so I'd encourage you, if anything on this topic kind of brought up in you something, come to the boot camp, come to the entrenchment, come let God work on that some more. Don't wait for that. Just go to God. But also come see us and hang out with us and let God work on you in those quiet times. I'm telling you, they're incredibly powerful. MasculineJourney.org, November 17th through the 20th and September 30th and October 1st. This is the Truth Network.